You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. So today I have the privilege of introducing a guest speaker. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine. Art and I have served in ministry together um, since about 30 years ago. And uh, we have um, been with each other in thick and thin and have shared life together and ministry together. And so um, Art works um, at Long Beach State University. He's the founder and director of Kingdom Harvest Ministries, a ministry to international students. He also uh, serves as a pastor of a church in Cerritos. And uh, he is here today to share us God's word. And I asked him to share a topic that I believe Art is particularly good at, and that is to be a Barnabas. And you will understand later what that means. And so i um, just like to invite my friend, Pastor Art, come up and share God's word with us. Okay. Good morning. Okay, it's, it's good to be here. Um, actually, it's been a while since I've, I, I've, I've been here. And I'll, I probably came here when Curtis was here. So that's about 20 years ago or something like that. Yeah. If I look if I look younger than him, it's because I am, and because I was born at a very young age, and um, <laughs> okay, and um, this is my natural hair. Okay, I don't have any gray. It all goes to my wife. Okay, because I'm the one that causes her to stress out, but she's very gracious. Okay, so use henna, women. Okay, so um, I'm. Glad to, to share God's word with you, and this morning I want to talk about uh, encouragement, okay? Having, uh, being encouraged and, and having that, because there are times in life when you do things and you need encouragement. So if you know me, I'm a very active person. I like to do athletics. I uh, grew up, my dad played tennis, and then um, I followed my brothers into, like, swimming. I played water polo, but I was not big enough, so I was all second string. And I'm into bicycling, you know, so I came up here, and I go, wow, this is great. And as you're in Thousand Oaks, if you're a cyclist, you know that in California, up the street, Amgen sponsors, or actually it's a world international professional bike race, right? The Amgen Tour, right? So I don't know if you watched it, but it was in Long Beach yeah, last week, and I, I got to go see part of the race, and all that was a lot of fun. And in my younger days, I don't, I don't like just to watch sports. I'm more someone that wants to do it. So um, when I was uh, younger, well, uh, kind of out of seminary, um, a friend of mine said, hey, they're in Seal Beach nearby. I said, there's a, this mini triathlon. Why don't, why don't we do it? And so it wasn't that big of a triathlon. It was like a, a half K swim and then a 20K bike ride and then a 10K run. And I said, okay, that's okay. I can do that. I can train up for that. And I'm okay with the cycling and the swimming, but the running, I'm, I'm just not a runner. But I said, okay, I have to train for running. So I had about six weeks to prepare. So, I, you know, I, I did my calculations. I go, okay, I'll just increase like a mile every week, you know, running and training. So I'm, I'm doing my training and all. And so I, you know, I train up. There's a park around my house that is about a mile uh, around it. So I train up until I get to where I'm doing, you know, my five miles, okay? 
And so I'm training up for that. I go, good, I'm ready for the race, right? Okay, it's a half, you know, half K swim, okay? 20K bike ride and 10K run, okay? So I get out there, you know, I do the swim part, problem. I do the bike part, and, you know, I, I'm doing good, you know, um, you know, for my age range or whatever. I said, hey, I'm doing pretty good. And then I start to run, but I'm not a, a good runner. So, you know, I'm running along, running along, and then people start passing me, right? You know how discouraging that is? You know, you're, you're ahead, and then, like, people who are runners, they're going by you, and I'm going, oh, what's going on here? So it, the route, then you come back, right? So I'm coming back, I'm going, oh, I'm doing okay, I'm doing pretty good, right? And then, you know, when you're doing some of these sports, your body talks to you, okay? And so what happened is that my body was talking to me, and then I realized, you know what? I did the math wrong, okay? Because it's a 10K run. So I did the math, and my math was 10K is five miles. And then I got to the five-mile mark, and then I realized oh, you know what, 10K is actually six miles. And so when I hit the five miles, my body told me, you didn't calculate correctly. So I was like, oh, my goodness. And I realized I got another mile to go. So that, that's like the harder part. So I, I'm going there, I'm like dragging, and then any people are passing me then, right? So I'm like even more discouraged. I got to go in and finish this race. So then I get to about like the last, like, Thousand, thousand meters, you know, before before the end, and people there, and they're along, and I'm kind of dragging, but like, you know, they start saying, "Yay, a tournament!" So, so I'm, you know, start picking myself up, you know, and going faster and faster, and then I make it across the line, right? And I look like, "Whoa, I did really good." <laughs> and now I don't know about you, but maybe there are some times or places in your life like you're doing something. And then you say, hey, I trained for this, but this is a lot harder than I thought it was, right? Like I'm studying, I'm preparing for exam, and then I found out that, hey, AP calculus is college level, and I'm, I'm only 16. What is this? Like, this is difficult. Or for those of you who are, are parenting, you know, those are moms, you thought like, Wow, childbirth, that was like difficult, but now I got a teenager. I, I wasn't trained or educated. How, how, do, how do I deal with this, right? How, how, you know, like how, how do I deal with all the things with my kids? Or, um, you know, in, in life, you know, things happen. You know, we're like at middle age, and then our parents have illnesses or sicknesses, and we're like, oh my goodness. No one told me about this. I wasn't prepared for this. And things come at you and you become discouraged. You know? And you go, oh, you, you kind of feel like giving up. And sometimes you're facing, you know, I don't know what you're facing or what situation you're in life. Or some things you're, you're facing and you go like, oh, it's very scary. And can I do this or not? And what you need Okay, the term here, encouragement. You need encouragement. The word means someone to give you courage to continue in the race of life, to finish. 
And so when we look here in the scripture, this morning we're going to look at a, a person, and his name is Barnabas. Okay, that he's known as Barnabas, but he's someone who's an encourager. I want to just share with you some things about how he worked as an encourager to someone in scripture, actually not just to one person, several people, and uh, what we can learn about him. So first of all, as actually introduced, this person Barnabas, that is not really his, his, his real name. His real name is actually Joseph. And we're told, in, we're introduced to him in Acts 4, 36, that Joseph was a Levite from Cyprus, whom the, now the apostles called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So this is actually his nickname. So he's a, uh, Joseph, and he's a Levite, okay? And so uh, a Levite means that his ancestry goes back to the priestly, um, uh, priestly tribe in Israel. And the word, uh, actually Barnabas, it literally means son, okay, like bar, that's uh, in the Hebrew, son of encouragement or actually son of prophecy. So the word for encouragement in the original language, it's paraklesis. Okay? And that is the same word. It, it means to come along someone, someone called along someone okay, to give them encouragement, okay? to give them hope, okay? to lift them up, or to admonish them. Okay? And actually that same word when you talk about, that's the same word that Jesus, when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he, used, he said, the counselor will come to you and help you or, 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 and give you guidance. That's the same word that's used. So it's someone there to give you encouragement or direction. Now, the other thing that we see about uh, Joseph or Barnabas is that he was a prophet or a teacher. Okay? But the thing is, understanding this is that his role as a teacher was to encourage and motivate you. Right? Now, because I know some of you, you're still in school or education, and then, you know, haven't you had teachers that you feel like their job is to make you feel dumb? Their, their job is like, my, my daughter has a, has a, she's in high school, and she's taking this class, and there's a teacher. He's a very bad teacher because the teacher there continually puts down the students. Whenever they ask a question, you know, the answer's like, well, you don't know anything. It's like, of course we don't know anything. That's why we're in school, Right? But their objective, you know, some teachers are like, I, my objective is to teach you how smart I am and how you don't know anything, right? But actually, a good teacher is, is there to help you to learn, right? To, to motivate you. And so that's what we see that Barnabas was doing. And then one of the things that he did, like we, we, that, that we see that's demonstrated, it says that he said he sold a field he owned and he brought, it to the, money, uh, brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So he took his own initiative. He says, okay, I have a field here. I see needs in the church. Okay, a need, needs among the community of, uh, you know, of, of believers. And in the early church, uh, many of the believers were slaves. Okay, so they didn't have much physical resources. And maybe he said, hey, the apostles here, they need support. So one thing that we see about someone who's an encourager is that they actually put their money, okay, where their mouth is. Okay, they said, hey, I'm going to do something. Now, I want to encourage you to do something, like the brother here, Kevin, okay? He's a missionary, and it is important for you to pray for him, okay? But 
you know, I'm, I'm a missionary. I serve too. And a lot of people said, oh, this is great. You're doing that. Okay. And they say, I'll pray for you. And then we go on our way. But I said, if you really want to be encouragement to the person, okay, now I say it depends on what the Lord tells you on your heart. Please give them something. Okay. Give them even a little something because even that little bit, symbolically, it is an encouragement. Even if it's only $5, $10, but some of you can give 100 or 1000 But do that. See, that's what Barnabas did. He, he saw a new, he said, look, I am going to be generous with my resources and give the person something, okay? Because that is an encouragement to them. See, so he wasn't the kind of person just to sit around back in the stands. He says, I am going to do something to encourage someone. I need to be a fan, but not just a fan, to be fanatical. Okay? Now, like I said, I'm into cycling, so I want you to see and understand cycling is a unique sport. One, because uh, you know, my kids think it's very boring, but it's, it's one of the, these long endurance sports. But it's one of these sports, actually, where the, the, the fans can be on the same field where the, the competitors are, on the same roads, and they can get very close to them. So I'm going to show you how uh, cycling fans encourage uh, the professionals, okay? So, go to the video here. Okay, so this is from the tour of Italy called Giro d'Italia. It's pink there because that's what the leader's jersey wears. And uh, what the people do, you'll see, is that uh, uh, they use cowbells to ring to encourage people. So, I want you just to see how they're encouraging the competitors, right? Okay. Okay, see, this guy's got a cowbell on the back of him there. That's not a purse, okay? Okay, now this guy, see what he's doing? He's, that's the, and he's actually, what they do is they shout encouragement. They're telling the guy, keep on going, you can do it, okay? Well, let's see. Are we, how are we doing here? Frozen up here? Okay, he's got a little <laughs> carrot on the sticker. <laughs> that encourage him? Okay, here's another person. Okay. Okay. Now, you have to understand, these guys, they, they race about over 100 miles. Probably a, a typical race is 120 miles, and they're going over several mountain passes, okay? There. And this is like getting toward the top of a pass, okay? So, Okay. <laughs> okay, so the thing is what I want you to see in this is that to be an encourager means that, that you're not sitting far away in the stands looking at the person and say, hey, you're doing good over there. there there's a person, like I remember the, the word encouragement means someone who is called alongside a person. Okay? So it says, you're literally aside, uh, alongside that person said, hey, keep on going. 
You can do it. You can make it. Right? When they're discouraged, you say, okay, I will sit with you. I'll have coffee with you. I'll encourage you. I'll pat you on the back. But I am there with you, and I am there for you. Okay. So, oh yeah, just a reminder. So, and if you can, you can, okay, which I did get from one of the races. Okay, you can, if you need to ring the bell and say, hey, okay, I'm, I'm there to encourage you, okay? So that, that, that's what the people do at the races. Okay, so second thing that we see about an encouragement with, with Barnabas is that to have faith in people who are starting out. To have faith that people are, are, who are beginning. And so uh, where we see Barnabas here, this is in uh, Acts chapter 9, he shows up again. So if you're familiar with the book of Acts, Paul in the beginning of, of Acts chapter 9 He's, he's, Paul is very zealous for his faith, and he sees the followers of Christ as uh, heretical, as people that are teaching things that are against what he believes. And uh, so he's, he's after them, he's persecuting them, and uh, he's putting some in prison. He actually oversaw the execution of um, yeah, Stephen. Stephen as the first martyr. Okay, so he's there approving of that. And then he has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus meets him as he got on the road to Damascus. He's, he's going to go there to uh, persecute and imprison more believers. So he, so he meets, the, the Lord meets him, and he has a conversion experience. Okay. And so then, after that, he wants to go to Jerusalem, because that's where all the disciples are. That's where the leaders are. Okay, and so... But it says, when he went there, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, believing that, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him okay, to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, that the Lord had spoken to him, how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So what we see here, Barnabas, as an encourager, okay, he had faith in someone starting and he took a risk. Actually, he took a big risk to be a friend and to believe what Paul said. Because Paul, I'm going to put you in the situation here. Paul is someone, you have to understand, here is someone that the news about him and what he was doing, he, is, he was taking Christians and he was either putting them in prison or having them executed. Okay? So, why would you want this person? And, and then the news is, oh, he's converted. He's met Jesus, right? And so you're thinking, is he really or not? Right? You're thinking, maybe he might just, this is a ploy. He's going to get inside, get to know who we are, and then turn on us. So, I mean, who would trust him? Would you trust him? Okay. I wouldn't. Now, in Paul, in his situation, Paul, now, he's turned to Christ. So all his friends, all his colleagues, they don't trust him anymore. He has no friends there. And um, you can imagine what the talk would about Paul be. Imagine someone say, well, uh, look at that guy. He, you know, sudden conversion, you know. 
He must be mentally unstable. Or people say, well, he's changed, but maybe it won't last. Or, you know, when you're younger, you said, oh, yeah, you swing from one extreme to the other. So Paul, if you put yourself in his sandals, was between a rock and a hard place. He actually, I don't think he had any friends. He needed a friend. Someone that trusted him and believed in him. And so Barnabas, we see that Barnabas, he takes him, probably talks to him, and then he brings him to the apostle. You know, Actually, good. I think Barnabas is like Asian. Because you know how it is sometimes, like we want to meet someone or get connected. You oftentimes need a middle person, right? You don't want to go directly. You need someone that there to, to, you know, talk to. You know, you need someone, someone with guanxi, you know, someone with the right connections to get you to the people that you need to, to know. And that's what Barnabas does. So he believed in it, and I think he believed that his conversion was genuine, and he was willing to stick with Paul. And, and Barnabas brought Paul um, to others, and the result, okay, so the, the result is actually what we see is that uh, later on in the chapter, Acts 9, if you go down to verse 28 and, and following, we, we see that um, Saul stayed with them, he moved about in Jerusalem, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord. And he even debated with other Jews. And then, um, but what happened is that there was opposition to Paul. And he actually got threatened. And so they had to send him to another town, to Caesarea. But we see in verse 31 of Acts 9, he says, The church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit increased the number. So I believe that Paul there... Um, even though his preaching wasn't received by all, but he was very bold. And so I think that encouraged other believers to also share the good news. And the church grew. But it grew because Barnabas was there and he said, Paul, I believe in you. I trust you. I'm going to help you get started. Even though no one else, you know, really trusts you, I do. And because of that, the church grew. Okay? So... I want to share with you, and when you think about how to encourage others, okay, this is one of the words or statements I think that people need to hear, which is, here, let's see, clicking here, I believe in you. I believe in you. I want, I want you to take a moment right now. Turn to someone next to you and look them in the eye and say this, I believe in you. Okay. Tell him, okay? I believe in you. Say, or I, or say, I trust you. Now, I want to share with you because I think those words are really important. And we need to hear that and we need to say that more often. Yeah. Now, I understand, like, um, you know, I'm a parent, my oldest son, he's 23, he'll be 24 this month, and he's going to get married next month, Woohoo! okay, hey, but, you know, there was a time in his life, especially in college, he wasn't doing that well, and for me, typically, I'm wired like, 
I'm not telling him how he's going to do well. I'm telling him, okay, you're wired like me. This, will, this is what will happen to you if you do not succeed, right? Like, these are all the bad things, right? Like, you did so well here, but now what's going on with you, right? And so, I, even though I'm, you know, I'm telling him, you know, just the facts. These are the consequences, right? But then later on, you know, he's telling me, he said, you know, Dad, I understood that, but what I needed really was someone to tell me that even though I failed, that you believed in me, that I would succeed. Now, I want to tell you, I failed. I failed in that. I didn't realize that that's what he really needed. Because he, he knew he wasn't doing well. He knew what the consequences are. Because, you know, as a, as a good Chinese parent, I've probably told him at least a hundred times, you know, what kind of job you're going to have if you don't do well, right? Right? You've, you've heard that? You have you heard that? But what you need, you, what you need, okay? And if you tell your parents, and, you know, parents, if you're here listening, is that what they need to hear is like, you know, I believe that you will succeed. I believe in you. And this is very hard. We might choke on the words. <laughs> but it's like, I trust you. Okay? Because believing in another person means that I also trust you that you can do this. That you will succeed. Right? See, for Barnabas, for him to bring Paul into the, with the apostles meant that I believe you, but he had to trust them. Because there's a risk. He said, well... Paul might turn on us and turn us in. It's like a life or death thing. Okay. So let me tell you, okay, parents, you know, it's like, it is not life or death, okay? You will live, your kids will live. Okay. So those are words to encourage each other and encourage them. Okay. Thirdly, what we see is that Barnabas, as an encourager, worked to further the success and others. It works to further the success in others. So we're moving forward here in the book of Acts, and what we see is that, you know, Paul there, he's involved with them. Barnabas, he's involved with the church. And then the church is going to be sending out their first missionaries. Okay? Someone to do their first mission work to go cross-culturally, to go to another place. And it says in Acts 13, it says, In the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. So again, we see here Barnabas is listed as one of those teachers. Okay, Simeon called Niger, Lucy of Cyrene, Manan. Okay, they were brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they're worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which you've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So the Lord says, Okay, we have mission work to do. Yeah, which is very encouraging. That's what God had called them to do. You know, Jesus said, this is your, 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 your work here is not just to be a happy, holy huddle, but to go out to the world and bring the good news and bring transformation and bring change. That's why it's really encouraging to see that you have a brother here, Kevin. Okay? He's sent out from you, from this church supported by you to do that, right? And you lay hands on them, not to throw them out, okay? okay. But you lay hands on them to, to pray for the anointing and the power of God to be upon them, right? And to have them go out. And so, and uh, you don't want to send out people out on their own. And so we're, we're seeing that, you know, 
Jesus, his model was send out the disciples in pairs. And so he said, the, the Lord said, okay, send out Barnabas and Saul. And they sent him off. And as you read later on through the book of Acts, you'll see that the work that they did. And it's natural to see that since Barnabas was one that brought Paul, Paul in, he was encouraging him that he's going to send them off okay, with them. So we see him going off in the first missionary journey. Now, if you do a study of the book of Acts, that you'll see that the, Paul's name is mentioned in the book of Acts over 100 times. Now, 19 times it mentions Barnabas and Paul together. Okay? And eight times of those 19s, half of them it mentions more than uh, a little bit more, uh, less than half. It mentions Barnabas before Paul. But then there comes a point in the book of Acts where Paul is mentioned first before Barnabas. And then later on, we see that Barnabas is not even mentioned. It's just Paul, it says Paul and his companions. Okay. So what we see here, as what I see the progression, is that Barnabas was someone as an encourager. What he was is his work and his purpose was to work for the success of Paul. It wasn't to get a name or billing for himself or to gain a reputation. Okay? So, as a mature believer, and I say as a good, a, a, a good teacher, his objective was to make this pupil successful and succeed. Like I said, sometimes our model... Like, I, I work with international students, and, and they're doing graduate studies, many of them, and they said, yeah, sometimes, you know, they're, they're there, and the professor, their job is just to make your life hard and difficult and make you do a lot of study, right? But there are some good professors which their job is to help the student to succeed or to tell them, hey, you're doing well, and I believe that you can go further on. I want, my job is to make you successful, to me, that's a sign of a good teacher. One of the most um, winniest uh, football coaches of all time, okay, a guy named Bear Bryan. If you're not into football, that's okay. You don't have to remember who he is. But uh, he, he coached the University of, of Alabama for 25 years. But this is what he said about helping others to succeed. And this is his attitude. This is how he looked at it. He said, if anything goes bad, then I did it. If anything goes semi-good, then we did it. If anything goes really good, then you did it. And I think that this is a good attitude to develop. This is the way to practice that. Okay? Tell the person next to you, says, if anything goes bad, then I did it. So, so, so what it is, when things go wrong and life happens, things will go wrong, Right? When things go wrong, what's the first thing to do is that we look for someone else to blame, okay? Instead of looking and say, well, how is I responsible, right? You know, especially as a parent, you know, as a parent, when things go wrong, I'm going, yeah, okay, I know, yeah, you didn't listen to what I told you, right? You didn't do what I said to you, right? Or even in the church, people say, oh, things are bad. It's like, oh, okay, who did it, right? Yeah, and usually you point to the pastor, like, no, okay, <laughs> right? Because he's the most visible person. You say, okay, he's the one. Oh, but, but, you know, what we have to do is first say, well, what, 
you know, what responsibility did I have? But it says, if anything goes semi-good, then we did it together, right? And if things go really well, then it's like you did it. Good. Good. Okay. So we want to encourage people and give them credit, right? So, further success in others. And understanding that, that, that Paul, he stayed with, um, uh, you know, Barnabas stayed with Paul even through difficult situations, right? So, let's see. Okay, we're not there yet, but just uh, one other point to look at is that if you do see what happened with Paul and in his journeys and in his ministry, he, was, he did not always receive a good reception at the places he went. Actually, there are several places where, where Paul would go and, and people would be, be rioting against them. And then um, Paul went to a couple places and he got stoned. Okay, now, understanding being stoned wasn't mean that he was on drugs, okay? Okay, like that kind of stone, okay? Because, you know, now we're in California and it's legalized to have marijuana. So, yeah, okay. At the, when he went to places, um, like, it, okay, Acts 14, okay, got your attention here, okay. Need some encouragement, okay? You, you guys there? Awake? Okay, so. Actually, this is a time where Paul really needed that bell of encouragement. So, um, it's not here. So, uh, but in Acts 14, it says, Paul, when he went to Antioch, he says, they stoned Paul and dragged him out the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back in the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derbe. Okay. So, actually, Paul went to a city, he preached, and the Jews there stoned him. Okay. So, in those days, stoning a person was the equivalent of putting them in front of a firing squad. Okay. The objective is to actually kill the person. So they were unsuccessful. Maybe their aim was off or whatever, or they had smaller rocks or whatever, or Paul was just a hard-headed guy. Okay, But they just knocked him out, but he wasn't killed. So actually, yeah. so it's not like you went somewhere and they just threw rotten tomatoes at you. Okay, It's like they said, we want you dead. So they tried to kill him. Okay, so uh, let's just say that the audience was not won over by his presentation. So, if that happened to you, they'd say, well, I, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to do any more public speaking at all. This is, this is out of my category. Okay. But Barnabas was there. He said, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm still committed to you. Right? See, when do you need encouragement the most? It's not actually when you're doing well, right? It's when you fail. When you fail. And here, it's, it's apparent when the audience wants to kill you, and they try to do that, okay? So, actually, they failed too. So, it's like their aim was off or whatever. They, they weren't successful in executing Paul. But Paul, but Barnabas was with them. See? So again, you get to life and like you hit the wall and you go, oh my goodness, I've hit five miles, but it's actually six miles. What do I need? 
You know, what do I need? I, I don't need someone to say, oh, Art, you didn't train enough for that. I'm not ready for that, right? I need someone to say, hey, come on, you can do it, okay? You need some encouragement, right? You need someone to give you motivation to say, like, you can still do it. You can still finish the race, right? So last of all is understanding that that's what it is. The last thing about encouragement is that, is that you want to give, okay, going back here, you want to give, uh, let's see, failure second chances. Because there was another guy that was on their mission with them. Um, another man named John, who was actually the cousin of, of Mark. And when they were doing their mission, uh, John went with them. And I had an opportunity to go to uh, Turkey and Greece and see part of the journeys there. And John was part of their party. And, you know, they, they went and, you know, John's away from home. He's dealing with another culture in another place. And he got to a place where... Um, uh, actually, apostle named John, also called Mark, he was with them, but Paul didn't think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them. Okay. So John, he was with them, but then it came apart in the mission. And he says he's not going to be with them. Now they had such a d- sharp disagreement. So, like I said, this is what you see in the Book of Acts. Like you don't, you just see Paul and you see his command, companion. You don't see Barnabas mentioned because what Barnabas did is that he went with another. He decided to go with John Mark. And stay with him. Even though John Mark had failed in the mission. Because John said, I'm quitting. I'm going home. I'm packing up my bags. And so then there was a split with this missionary team. So Barnabas, it said Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas. And, and they went on. So... So later on, John wants to join, you know, John Mark wants to join their mission, but he has a blot on his resume. Okay, he failed. Okay. But what we see later on in life is that, is, is that he matures, and then actually he became very useful. He became very useful to Paul. Okay. So Paul wasn't so much so concerned about the headlines or being there with the top person. He, as an encouragement, he saw John Mark. He said, hey, okay, here's another person started off, and maybe he needs some help and some encouragement. I kind of learned the hard way because I remember when I was working with students, I was pastoring down a church in Irvine. I had a young student there, and I was discipling. His name's Sam. But um, we had a group, and they're supposed to be come every week, and then you know, one time he said, oh, he couldn't come. And then I was really upset with him. I was like, you're not sticking to your commitment, you know. And it caused a rift in our relationship, you know. And I realized it because I was being too harsh, and I was, had high expectations for him and myself. And what we need to do is see and understand is that failure at times is part of the learning curve for people. It's part of the learning curve. It's like when someone's starting to walk, right? Like when my kids were younger and they're starting to walk, and you go, you know, you're so excited. Like, first step, yeah, go, 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 go. You know, you're doing well, right? And if they fall down, you're like, like you don't go like, what's the matter with you, kid? Get up. What's the matter? Can't you, don't you know how to walk? And they're like, no, I don't know how to walk. But they can't talk. They can't even talk at that time, right? Because they, they, they they're, they're learning, right? But, 
everyone's going, yeah, yeah, keep on going, right? And, and we encourage them a lot, right? And that's what people need in life, okay? They're starting out, they said, we need to constantly encourage people. They say that for, for us, sometimes we need 10, word, 10 positive words to offset one negative word. 10 positive words to offset one, one word. So I want to encourage you, you know, that life is full of challenges and difficulty. And um, I'm just going to end by showing you this video about how someone can come alongside to encourage someone when they fail. And this is something that happened this is a while back in 92 during the Olympics, okay? Uh, athlete Derek Rodman, knew, most of the people wouldn't know him because he never won anything and all. But this is what happened to him. Play the video.
Not all of you may run an Olympic race or even run and do a mini triathlon. But we are, are on this race, okay, this journey called life and all. And we're told in the book of Hebrews that, therefore, being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, you know, which are the believers that have gone before us, and I, I believe also the community of saints here in the church, it says, let us run the race, right? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, right? The author and finisher of our faith. And... Um, I want to encourage you this morning, because some of you, I don't know where you're at, okay, but the Lord knows where you're at and what you're going through. He knows exactly every single detail and difficulty and challenge that, that you're facing. And like it said there, that Derek Rodman, his father was there to be there. He says, I'm with you. So one, for you to know that God is with you. Okay? Tell the person next to you, God is with you. God's with you, and God is for you, okay? Huh? He is. God is with you, and God is for, is for you, whatever you're going through, right? Okay? So let's close in prayer, okay? I want to encourage you that if you're, you're someone there, you need encouragement, okay? You need encouragement. Say, you know, raise your hand. Say, God, I need encouragement. Send, and have, you know, God will send some, someone you know, and well, I just want to encourage you. If you need encouragement, ask, tell someone around you. Just say, hey, I need encouragement today, right? Or you maybe you're aware of someone that's going through some difficulty or challenges. And be the one to say, hey, how can I encourage you? You know, how can I be there with you? And all. You know, how can I be the, you know, the person that give you the, the cowbell to, to run alongside with you. Okay? Let's pray.